0: I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, ma. A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. A real Brian show. Superhero Friday! Come on, get excited with me here! Woo! Yes! Welcome to the very first Superhero Friday episode. I get to tell you all about Superhero Fridays and finally share a little bit more of my story and the passion behind launching The Real Brian Show. I am so excited! Hey, this is Paul Sading. I am Thornton. And my superpower is bringing light into a dark world Mock Yeah ing, Yeah Bird Yeah 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 Mocking bird. Don't Oh gosh no No, no. Let's rock it Oh my gosh, welcome to The Real Brian Show, Superhero Fridays. I am The Real Brian. I just observed a uh, humane society or animal control or whatever drive by outside the studio window, and I'm I'm thinking they're coming for me. It's getting a little nervous. Hey, I just want to send out a, a shout out right now to our friends down in the south, Florida area got a bunch of friends down there actually and and i know uh, you're probably not listening right now because you're uh running for your life or boarding up your house or whatever and uh i just want you to know praying for you guys and and let us know if you need anything seriously um hurricanes are not well i've never been through a hurricane but i know the damage they can cause so yeah send send prayers and thoughts towards our our friends down there and and you know, like i said seriously guys we need anything let us know and we can that's the beauty too we're a community so uh maybe we can maybe we can help out down there, If anybody needs anything, I mean, I don't know if I could physically get there, but you know, whatever you need, let us know. Seriously, we're here. The real Brian show is here for you. And uh hopefully you, you know, you're able to weather the storm. No pun intended on this one. Thank you again for joining the real Brian show and, and giving it a chance and, and hopefully you're enjoying it. I really do hope that it's resonating with you. And I know that, you know, no podcast is for everybody. So I never expect that to be the case, but I always do hope that something here resonates with you, encourages you, gives you something to walk away with. That's always my goal. But of course, I welcome feedback because this show's about you. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Now, I've always said this. Please keep it respectful and productive and you know, constructive and that kind of thing too. If there's anything I can do to make your listening experience a little more enjoyable, I'm going to be doing something fun here because I'm a huge fan of music. I love music. I love sharing it. I love playing it. And when I, you know, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a morning show radio DJ. So not just talking on the microphone, but actually spinning music, sharing it with people. Uh, you know, it's funny is I I think in radio days, I never actually spun music. I always played digitally. I think when I got into radio, things were actually digital and I have a huge passion for it. I mean, honestly, like sometimes I'll get together with people and we'll just share music with each other. Oh, dude, check this out? But you know, you don't really need to do that anymore with something like Spotify. I mean, you here, dude, check out this song or, or follow my playlist or make a collaborative playlist and we'll share songs with each other. And, you know, Emily and I do that. Actually, it's really fun. I've, I've got a, a mix that is collaborative and she shares stuff on there. And, you know, I share stuff on there. We enjoy music together. It's fun. But I wanted to do something like that with The Real Brian Show. But of course, you know, like I said, radio is kind of obsolete when it comes to that. But you still want to discover new music. Or maybe I just want to share a song with you that I really enjoy or maybe a band or an artist. And I thought, you know what? How about? I put together a Spotify profile and it's called real Brian show. That's the Spotify profile have the link in the show notes. And I I think if I'm correct, we can even embed it in the website, make it look kind of cool. That way you can follow that playlist. If you want, I'll add music. Of course, some of it you're going to like some of it. You're not, and that's fine. But you know, I want to add some music and some stuff like, Hey, here's a song I found. Here's an artist I found. I really like this, blah, blah, blah. I will also probably put in additional playlists, like uh I'm a huge fan of soundtracks for example and I created a soundtrack playlist so I'll I'll put that in there as well just for fun in case somebody likes that kind of stuff and especially you know if you see movies coming out and you're like oh that soundtrack was awesome throw it in there we'll have some fun if you're a music fan join me and together we will rule spotify uh and if you're not a music fan huh I saw deep water horizon a friend of mine and I went fred who's uh let's see his gamer name is moron moron like m-o-u-r-o-n but i just want to shout out fred you're the man he actually goes by furioso which is a much more you know manly kind of thing i like furioso it's powerful like mr furioso from mystery men deep water horizon we saw it, it was awesome i was very impressed true story happened in 2010 and if you haven't seen it it is definitely a worthwhile movie it's well done I was very impressed. You know, I, I, like true story. I saw solely actually not that long ago as well, um, which was about the pilot that had to land in the, in the Hudson river. Again, true. I, I like true stories and I like how they retell them, but I'm just a, I'm a fan of storytelling in general and when it's done well, it's, it's powerful, but they did a really, really good job with, with Deepwater horizon. I was actually impressed. I, I was expecting something a little different, but I felt like I actually got kind of a nice picture of what it would, would have been like on a, on a rig like that. So it was kind of cool. If you've seen it, Awesome. It was funny, though, you know, as we were getting uh, into the theater and, you know, getting popcorn and, you know, the um, artificial processed butter substance thingy, whatever it is that, you know, probably is killing us all. <sighs> we were actually kind of impressed how empty the theater was. And, I, and, and it's a cheap night too. you know, Cinemark does cheap nights on Tuesdays. And I thought, um, where's everybody? Then I'm like, oh, yeah, the TV season started this week and everybody's probably watching TV. And actually, with that said, Flash came out Tuesday and Arrow came out. And as you know, I I host uh, Arrow Squad, all about Arrow. And I watched the premiere Wednesday night of Arrow. Thank God. It was wonderful. So obviously, we talked with Amy last episode, who was on Arrow, as well as Supernatural and a bunch of other shows. Season four of Arrow, if you have not watched season four, was a bit rough. Not in the actual story itself, but just in kind of the quality that they put into the show and it is what it is. Like we, we all have our downtimes. It just was not the best that we've seen. We, we are used to quality much better than that. So for whatever reason, it wasn't quite what it used to be. Well, they heard the fans, which was neat. And the premiere of season five was awesome. It was really neat to, to see them come back. Why am I bringing this up? Well, one, because as a fan, I'm excited Two, as a, as a host of a podcast that talks about the TV show arrow. It's nice that, Hey, we're okay, good. We're, we're getting back to this. But it's interesting because I think about this, you know, with with life in general, and spreading yourself too thin, and and you know, if you're doing something, you're you're doing something creative. When you put together a show like Arrow, there's obviously a lot of pieces that go into it. But if you're a showrunner, you are looking and you know, there's the writing side of things, there's the creation, the directing, you know, the producing, all that. Of course, the acting, everything that goes into this. If you are one of the showrunners. And you're taking on four shows, for example, which is what they're doing right now with Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and and Supergirl now that they've pulled that all together now. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of work. You spread yourself too thin. And so last season, when I, when I saw kind of the downfall a little bit of what was going on with Arrow, I thought, what what's going on here? You know, are they, uh, are they just not care anymore? And I think it really was about, you know, spreading yourself too thin. You just don't have the time to devote to it. I learned a lot from that. And as I was getting ready to start The Real Brian Show, I thought, man, I can handle four or five or six podcasts all at the same time. And I can work on this, too. And I can do that. If I'm going to take a lesson from Arrow, I'm going to focus on The Real Brian Show. And there were a couple of podcasts that I was doing, which we ended. It was okay to do. And it was a good thing. So I can now focus on The Real Brian Show and Arrow Squad. Give it my best. Make sure that The Real Brian Show is something that you deserve. And so, yeah, the show you do deserve, not the show you don't deserve. So I made that decision and it looks like arrow while they're still doing four shows have picked up the pieces and rocked it and they did a good job. There's so many TV shows out nowadays. I was thinking about this five, seven, 10 years ago, something like that. I mean, there were TV shows, but you usually had a relative number of TV shows in a certain genre and then you, you know, that was it, right? Or or you had kind of the, the really popular shows. I mean, I guess they still have the really popular shows, but I think about TV, like I said, five to ten years ago, you know, you just didn't seem to have as many choices. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, there are so many good shows out there that I can't keep up with them all. And then everyone's like, "Have you watched this show, Have you watched this show, Have you watched this, I'm like, no, no, no. And they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I can't I can't fit anymore into my schedule. There are a lot of good shows. <sighs> Plus, I've got, I've got other things I want to do. I mean, sure, I love TV shows because I love storytelling and I, I get a lot out of it, but you know, I got, I got other things I got to do, too. Got other things I want to do. It's uh, it's fascinating how many there are right now. All right, so let me tell you a little bit more about Superhero Fridays so you get a little bit of an idea of uh, what this is going to be all about. And then, of course, a little bit more into uh, the story that I promised. So I say morning show style is my plan. Now, what does a morning show style even mean? Well, you know, ideally, you have a co-host or you have two co-hosts, and you're talking about, you know, a variety of different topics that we all love to hear about, resonate with, and uh, you know, can be encouraged by. Now, until I find the right co-host, I've already said this. Until I find the right co-host, um, you know, it's just going to be me. And/or I may even have rotating co-hosts coming in. M- maybe some of you just to come. Hey, come on in and, and co-host Friday with me. We'll have some fun because it's fun. Why not? But I really want to talk about again a variety of things. I want this to be a much more. I want this to be a fun episode on a weekly basis. It's Fridays, superhero Friday. It is an opportunity to kick back. I mean, the week is almost over for you. We're getting ready to head into the weekend. We're just going to relax. When I did radio, all of our Friday shows were just fun. It's Friday. We're going to let loose. We're going to relax. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff and have a good time. So that's my goal. I want to have a fun time with it. But at the same time, there are some very important moments, things we've learned, observed, experienced, whatever, incredible stories to share. There's going to be all kinds of stuff like that that I want to, you know, I want to be able to share as they come up on Fridays. And additionally too, you know, we're going to be talking about movies and TV shows because it's something I like things we nerd out about gaming. There's a lot to talk about. I would love to talk more about coffee because I just love coffee and I drink it and I roast it and I love it. I cherish it. And I'm really awkwardly holding my mug right now. As much as I love coffee, I usually I drink about a cup a day usually a cup in the morning. And then um, if I'm working at a coffee shop or meeting somebody, I'll have an espresso in the afternoon. And that's usually about it. (laughs) So I don't over caffeinate uh, much to your probable surprise here, but I do love coffee and I do roast it. And I've had an opportunity to have some of the best, best coffee in the world. In fact, one year I got to have a cup of the coffee from Columbia that won the cup of excellence. It's an international award and they do go around and they sample the coffees. And, and I don't know exactly the whole process, but they do check them out. And they find the best tasting crop of coffee in the world. And it was not a cheap. I think it was like, uh, I want to say it was $14 for a cup. <laughs> to compare that, most cups of coffee are, you know, between a fifty and $3, depending on where you're going. So this was a $14 cup of coffee. And it was incredible. And it actually got better as the cup cooled, which is amazing because usually as coffee cools, it doesn't, you know, it, goes, it gets worse. It's not as fresh, but this got better. It was the most incredible thing I think I've tasted when it comes to coffee, <sighs> stuff like that. I am such a coffee nerd. Oh my gosh. But uh, anybody that drinks coffee, you understand what I'm talking about. And if you don't drink coffee, pick your favorite beverage and, and you understand what I'm talking about. Superhero Fridays. Now, this is something we came up with with Aero Squad because we release our Aero Squad episodes on Fridays. And I don't remember exactly who coined it, but it was just something we all started saying. But I will tell you something is that one of our listeners who you heard on episode three here, Justina, the green butterfly, has furthered that phrase. She has rocked that phrase. Every time she calls in, Happy Superhero Friday, she has made that phrase famous. And so, Justina. Thank you. Superhero Fridays would not even exist or be the same without you. So, yes, we're going to have fun on Superhero Fridays. Finally, though, one of the most important things that I want to do here on Superhero Fridays is what I call unleash the superhero moments. We can call them USMs. And this is something that I talked about with Garrett and Megan on episode two. And the idea was basically that when somebody does something to you in a way that is negative, so they wrong you, they cut you off, they flip you off, they yell at you. They're mean to you. They're rude to you. They're disrespectful. You know, you name it. What's your response? I'm going to encourage each of us. And this goes for me too, because um, not always the easiest thing to do. If you know what I mean, we can unleash our superhero in response to the person, or we can unleash our villain in response to the person. Call it a movement. Let's call it a movement. I want to start a movement here because when Garrett talked about that flight attendant, how she was very mean to him, wouldn't get him more ice, And he went up to her, this is how I felt, and this was the the rudest I've ever been treated on this airline, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? Is there something going on in your life? And then we're told that she had just found out that her mom recently got cancer, and she was having a hard time dealing with it. Most scenarios that I've seen or read about or experienced or or even done myself, outbursts, anger, frustration, you know, negative junk, is usually because of something we're going through. So if we're dealing with a tough time and we don't, you know, we don't quite know how to deal with it or how to process through it, then we react and how we react is usually not positive. Most of the time, sometimes we're pretty good at it. You know, when one of our dogs just died a couple of weeks ago, I didn't feel like smiling at people and treating them with, you know, the most, you know what I mean? I I just didn't want to walk and be like, hi, how are you today? I was hurting and how I hurt is not crying. I hurt through kind of just I get melancholy. I kind of don't really say much. And uh, sometimes I get frustrated or angry because that's just, you know, the only way I know how to to express hurt, but I don't mean to take it out on anyone else. And yet sometimes I do. And I feel like a lot of times that people do things to others, take things out on other people. It's usually born out of a root cause. I mean, honestly, some of you are not going to, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Even people who gun down other people, are usually hurting. And if you can get to the root cause, you can usually find out why they did it. Now, I'm not obviously justifying their action because their action is wrong. I would never advocate for anybody killing anybody like that at all to say, oh, you know, that person's an idiot or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they they, they made the wrong decision. They did a very bad thing and they took a life and that's horrible. Go to the root. What's wrong with them? You need to find out what they're, you know, what's ailing them. And then you'll probably understand why they did it, even though it doesn't justify it. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to explain this in a way that, and I hope nobody (laughs) shoots you because that's not what I'm talking about here. But all of this is usually again, born out of this idea of we are hurting. Somebody did something to us. So therefore we react to somebody else. We do something negative to someone else. When somebody does something to you or when you are hurt or whatever, are you going to unleash your superhero? I.E., are you going to respond in a way like Garrett did when he went up and he said, you know, this hurt and uh, this was the rudest I've ever been treated, but are you okay? Are you going to unleash your superhero like Garrett did or are you going to unleash your villain and say, well, beep, 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 you. I want my ice now. This is ridiculous, you know, and make a scene and what are you going to do? Somebody cuts you off or honks at you are you going to hang out the window with your middle finger or if you're going to have, you know, if you're gaming and somebody rips you apart, you can dish it right back at him. This is kind of an interesting uh, story that I I saw. And this was not actually out of a reaction. This was just out of pure action in general, pro action, if you want to call it that. And I mentioned this with Amy, you know, when we were chatting that I I love going around, you know, and smiling at people, except when our dog died, which was a little hard. But normally I like to go around, smile at people and, you know, acknowledge them and say hi or whatever. And I don't know these people. It's just who I am. And I'm an extrovert, love people. I love to make somebody smile. That's just me. But a lot of times, too, I, you know, and, and she talked about this, too, that we don't really understand a lot of times how to socialize outside of our phone. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Face to face socializing is a, kind of a lost art form. And so I can understand why people might feel a little uncomfortable, to be honest. But I do find that a lot of times when you smile at somebody or you acknowledge somebody, they usually turn away quickly or they kind of just, whatever, because they don't know what to do. But I was sitting at Starbucks one day. This girl comes in. Walks right by the table, smiles, says hi, keeps walking. Very, very joyful. I mean, you could just like almost see joy radiating from her. It was incredible. Then she stopped and realized that there was a guy coming in from the outside that she'd just come through holding an armful of boxes. And I mean a load of boxes. She turns around, she goes up, opens the door, stands, you know, walks outside and holds the door open for him. He said, Thank you. And she's like, Of course, you're very welcome, and smiled at him and then came in. And I just thought, Okay, that is such a simple gesture that I feel should be such a common thing. But I'd realized in that moment that I hadn't seen something like that really occur very often recently. Most of the time, somebody walks in, they open the door, and they let the door close on the person behind them. Or they would never turn around and help somebody who has an armful of boxes. Usually that person has to fend for themselves. And I was so surprised in that moment. One, just how she acknowledged me but two, how she actually turned around, inconvenienced herself to help someone else and let that person go through first. Again, this was not a reaction to, you know, that person didn't hurt her. And so therefore, you know, she wasn't reacting in a superhero moment, but she became, again, this is more of a pro action, a proactive moment of her unleashing her superhero by just acknowledging somebody and then helping somebody out going out of her way Do this. And again, this should not be a surprise. And yet it was. And so I say this in the moment of what a cool story. I haven't seen that girl ever since, don't know who she was. And if you happen to be listening to The Real Brian Show, I applaud you. That was amazing. So let's unleash our superheroes. Let's have that moment where we have responded either to a situation or to a person. And we've unleashed our superhero rather than our villain. And what I want you to do, and I think this is really important because sure, I'm going to be sharing stories, whether I've unleashed my superhero or, or my villain, and, and I'll be sharing other stories of things I've observed like that. But I would like you to share them. I'd like you to send these to me. You can either email them to me, which is fine. TRB at realbryanshow.com. And of course, all of that information is on the website, realbryanshow.com. You can get my email and contact me there. Or, which I think would be amazing, is for you to actually record your voice sharing the story and you can either record it on your phone and then just email it to me or whatever. That's fine. Um, I am going to be putting up a speak pipe widget little program thing on the website here shortly. And that's nice. You can just click on that from, you know, computer or phone or whatever. And it actually takes you to a little landing page that you can record directly there and it automatically sends it to me. So that would be really cool. But I would love to hear your voice because you sharing the story is powerful. But if you want to write it out and email it that is perfectly fine, anything about you unleashing your superhero, or your villain, even if you messed up and you want to share it and you're okay with sharing it, that's fine. Or if you've observed somebody else do it, I'd love to hear that one too. So that's what the Unleash the Superhero moments are going to be. We're going to share those every week. Have a lot of fun with that. And then, of course, just the other fun stuff. There you go. That's Superhero Fridays. Normally, they're going to be a lot more energetic and probably lighthearted than this. You know, but I wanted to give you a little bit of an idea of what the show is going to be about. Now, I promised my story in episode one. I'm not going to go into a lot of it right here because the reality is my story is going to come out in the show throughout the episodes to come so i don't want to go into too much detail right now because then if it repeats later oh well we have already heard this brian that's enough <laughs> so i'll just share a little bit of why i'm starting this show why the passion behind it why i'm doing what i'm doing and you know how to become the best you because this idea is really all about it becoming the best you embracing your inner nerd is this idea of what is it that you nerd and geek out about and if you were to write down a list of things that you nerd and geek out about you would realize well this probably encompasses me, my passions, my interests, my identity, what I like, how I relate to people. I mean, you'll probably realize that. And a lot of times we have this tendency to want to try to fit in to social circles in a way that is not us. For example, you know, when I was younger, I was a huge Star Trek fan. And I said that when we were talking with Garrett and Megan. And I'll tell you what, being a Star Trek fan when I was younger was not cool. And it was really cool within the circle of Star Trek fans, but if you were talking to somebody who was not a Star Trek fan, it was not a cool thing. You were ridiculed, you were beat up, you were made fun of, whatever. And so it was one of those moments where I felt like I had to hide the fact that I liked Star Trek, even though it was my favorite show at the time. And I learned a lot from it. In fact, I was going to write a book called "Everything I Ever Learned I Learned from Star Trek." I was a huge fan of sci-fi. I, I mean, of course, I loved Star Wars and all that too. I was a gamer, but yet here's the thing: I played basketball played piano you know i had parts of me that definitely related to the popular crowd i mean playing piano in high school yeah you know it can get you the girls i mean that's that's kind of cool right playing basketball my senior high school team actually took state and a lot of those guys at one point lived in a in, in my neighborhood and we used to go outside and play all the time i was good enough to hold my own but i wasn't good enough to be on that team I never really became part of that group, even though I was a huge basketball fan. I still play today. I still love basketball, but to be completely honest, again, embracing my inner nerd, as much as I love basketball, I would rather watch Star Trek or, uh, you know, game than play basketball, even though it's still a passion of mine. Same with biking. I love biking. Not one of those biking people out in spandex or, you know, with all the numbers all over me of the sponsors and, you know, riding 80 miles, uh, you know, at that 6% in, incline or whatever. I'm just not one of those guys. I love biking. It's awesome, but it's not my life. Again, I'd rather game and watch Star Trek than bike. Although again, I believe in balance In explaining that just to give you a little bit of an example. I had a lot of diversity in my life and what I let people know is that I was the basketball loving piano player and I never let people know that I liked Star Trek or sci-fi or gaming because it wasn't cool. So I never was able to embrace my inner nerd really. Now, getting into college, it's a different story. Nobody really cares in college. This is kind of when people start to accept like, oh, it doesn't matter who you are. Just whatever. Be yourself. Have fun. That's when my friend and I, Johnny, came up with the idea. Johnny. I just like saying it like that. Hey, Johnny. That's when we came up with the idea of embracing your inner nerd. That having an inner nerd is actually a good thing. This is who I am. This is part of what makes me me. And I'm not going to be ashamed of it anymore. Whatever it is you nerd or geek out about, doesn't matter. And so that's kind of where the story started is that I never felt like I was able to fit in to the circle of, you know, to to basically to who I was wanting to be, to the best me. And actually now when I did radio for high school, started our own radio station, I did have that opportunity to sort of become the best me because you know nobody was really doing a radio station there. No, you know, it was just kind of a, oh, you do a couple announcements, whatever. But starting that was something completely new was unique it was the best of me and I created a category of my own which was kind of cool even though I still like Star Trek and gaming and all that and piano and basketball and biking and all of those things so I created my own little category but the reality was is that I was never really able to become the best of me because I didn't allow myself because I didn't feel like I was allowed to what is it that allows you to become the best you I mean that's really what it's about what allows you to become the best you that's why I want to share inspiring and encouraging stories of people who have become the best of them. They've embraced that and they've unleashed their superhero and look at the difference that they're now making in the world. So with all that said, my story really starts to encompass around this whole idea of becoming the best you and that when I was younger and not able to really truly embrace my inner nerd because I didn't feel like I was allowed to or that I wouldn't be accepted or that I would get made fun of or whatever. You know, when you're in high school, you're pretty much told you can do whatever you want, Right. And then you get to college and then all of a sudden everyone's like, okay, now time to grow up and, you know, get a real job or do real stuff or whatever. And you know these pressures come from everybody too. It's not just necessarily one person. It could be, right? In my situation, it wasn't from one person or whatever. It was from a lot of, a lot of different sources, whether it was teachers, professors, friends, family, society, TV shows, what I mean, it doesn't matter. It was out there. And we get bombarded with it all the time. This is the way you must go. And, you know, you hear people saying, ah, you know, I'm living the dream and, and yet they're miserable. They hate their life and they hate their jobs. And I'm going, well, how's that the dream? And I'm like, well, you know, it's the dream. It's what everybody told me I should do. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember growing up and being told I could do whatever I want. And then as soon as I got to college, all of a sudden it was everybody else telling me what they thought I should do instead of what I wanted to do or what I was good at or whatever. I mean, let's face it, you know, you you've heard the term starving artist or starving musician and I was a musician and I wanted to do music and I wanted to do radio. That was, that's what I wanted to do. That was my big two things. I want to do radio and do music. And everyone's like, eh, well, you know, you can't make any money doing that. You better go get a real job. So I went into business as my degree. And uh, ironically, I really kind of suck at math. So I couldn't pass my math classes <laughs> or my economics classes. Cause I didn't really understand that. Uh, I'm not a detailed numbers guy by any means. So when it comes to logistics and details, you know, the management side of things, I'm terrible at that. Now I'm a visionary. I'm a creator. I can lead things. In fact, I had an opportunity to interview the CEO of audiobooks.com, and this guy is rich, and he was telling me what an average day of work looks like for him, and he said a lot of his day is him staring at a whiteboard and coming up with ideas, and I went, wow. How did you ever get away from the ridicule? And he was talking about, oh, I got it all the time. People were like, "That's not a real job." And he said, "But if it weren't for him, there would be no audiobooks. There would be no vision for any of this stuff. There would be nothing. But if it weren't for those who were in the management side of things, i.e., the detail people, all of that that I personally was terrible at, there would also be no audiobooks and no vision and no company. And I thought about this, you know, as I was growing up, and and you know, you get this, and again, this is the college days and on." You get this whole, oh, go get a real job. You need to work for somebody. You just need to work your way up the ladder. You know, you need to make real money so that you can retire someday. You know, you need to buy a house and buy nice cars. You need to buy things. You know, you you know what I mean? Like I heard this stuff all the time. And again, this is from a lot of different sources. So I'm certainly not singling anyone out. I'm not even thinking anyone specific here. Just in case you're listening and you're going, is that me he's talking about? No, it's not. I'm just telling you that right now it really comes from a lot of different sources. And it's, I still get bombarded with it in, in TV and culture and movies and other things too. Cause it's just, it's experiences that certain people have and that's what they know. So that's what they tell people. I'm thinking, well, I'm an entrepreneur and I would hear people that would say, well, you know, an entrepreneur isn't really a real job and you know, you just need to go get a real job. And you know, now I'm, I'm smart enough to realize that, well, let me be completely honest with you. If it weren't for entrepreneurs Nobody would have a job. There would be nothing. Every CEO that started their company was an entrepreneur. So if you work for someone right now, if that person was not an entrepreneur, you wouldn't have a job. Oh man. Once I realized that, I thought, duh, there are people who create, there are the visionaries There are the people like that. That's who I am. Now. I didn't know that though. I was kind of like, well, okay, I better fit into what other people think I should do. And so, like I said, I got my business degree except I didn't get my business degree because I couldn't pass some of those detail logistics classes. Guidance counselor who was not a very good guidance person by any means said to me, you know what? You suck at this and you're going to fail and literally told me that I was going to fail. I wasn't failing. Pretty much just told me that I would never succeed and told me I should go into journalism. And I said, sure, I'll go into journalism. That'll be fun. So I went into journalism, liked it a lot more. Actually, it was more storytelling. It was more content creation um, I focused in public relations cause I thought that's what I wanted to do. I went into pub- and that's what I got my degree in journalism and public relations and communication. I did public relations for a while. Wasn't my favorite thing in the world. There was a lot of, uh, well, PR is spinning truth a lot of times. And also in, in journalism, I had a really hard time with the two because, you know, they tell you, uh, go get as much truth as you can, but you know, you're probably not going to get hundred percent truth. So, you know, get whatever percentage you can and then, uh, embellish the rest so that we can sell something. And I was taught to do that, and that was very much encouraged. And so I realized that in those moments, I was never telling the truth. I was never really being transparent. I was, I was producing news stories that were half-truth or partial truths and then embellishing the rest. And I thought, people, people believe this stuff, and it's not always true. <laughs> I can't do that. You know, I don't feel right about doing that. And so I got out of the news side of things. I got out of PR. And again, I went into what people thought I should do, and I, I just never fit And I never understood it. And I kept, I was like, man, this is not the best me. But I kept saying the best me is to do radio. It's to get behind the microphone and everyone naysayers back and forth. You're never going to make it. It's never going to be anywhere. Blah, 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 blah. You name it. So I did it anyway, because that's me. And uh, at the time that I finally got into radio, radio was starting its decline. Unfortunately, it was still okay at the time, but it was starting to go down. You could, you know, they were removing personalities from the microphone and they were basically what the term is, is instead of you hosting a live show, you voice track it. So what you do is you go into the recording studio and you record your breaks in advance and it plays automatically with the computer program. So you're never really live now. Granted podcasting isn't live either unless you specifically do a live thing, but this was still different. This was still not even really allowing you to be a personality. You had certain things you had to say at certain breaks. You couldn't go off script You couldn't really be too creative. You could only talk for 10 seconds, you know, stuff like that. It became less about connecting with your audience and uh, about personality and more just about filling gaps between songs. And then of course, Pandora came out and then Spotify came out and people just didn't listen to radio as much. And like I said, they were taking DJs out of the equation. They were taking personalities out of the equation. So radio didn't last too long for me. I mean, it it did. I, I had a good career in it, but it didn't last too long because of the technology And then I got out of that and I went into the private sector and did some other stuff with, you know, behind the mic and other things with music, had a lot of fun with it. And, uh, but, you know, again, during that time, I'm just like, it's still just not me. Anyway, fast forward a few years, I'm in podcasting and now I'm being told that I need to teach if I want to succeed. And if anybody, (laughs) if anybody knows me well, you know, I'm not a teacher. Now, granted, can you learn things from my stories? Sure. Sure but you know that if I were to sit down and try to actually create a curriculum and step-by-step kind of stuff and try to teach you, you know, you're disappointed. You know that I I suck at that. And so being a teacher, not a good thing. I didn't like it. I hated it. It's not natural. It's very stressful for me. And usually people don't get what they expect out of it. But yet people still said, you need to be a teacher. You need to be a teacher. You need to be a teacher. And then when I said, no, I got to start the real Brian show. This is what I have to do. This is who I am. I know it's the best me it. And here's why is because I've been told my entire life by so many different sources to do things that were completely against being the best me. And I realized that the more that I went away from the best me, the more discouraged I got, even depressed at times, the more I made mistakes, the more I did stupid things, the less I obviously, obviously I wasn't as happy. Obviously I wasn't at peace. Obviously I was more stressed out. Obviously I wasn't as joyful. You know, and Sarah, my wife, she observes me in certain situations, a lot of situations. Of course, she sees me a lot, (laughs) but in certain situations, she'll say that's the best you. And she's really pointed that out a lot lately, which has really helped because I've started to, you know, take all of those situations that she's pointed out and start to really form an interesting parallel in realizing that in order for me to be the best me, I have to integrate myself more into those situations and stop trying to do things that aren't the best me. And that's where the passion of The Real Brian Show came. Because in addition to me living my life of searching and trying to become the best me and being told that I should do things that aren't the best me, I listen. Now, I talk a lot, so you may not think I'm listening, but you'd be surprised. I really do listen. I pay attention. I have a pulse on the people around me. I love conversation. I love hearing what people are going through. And I realized an interesting fact that I wasn't alone most of the people that I talked to, most of the community that I knew, whether it was local or international, was going through the same struggle. They just didn't know it. They had no idea how to become the best them because they were listening to the bad advice of others around them who were telling them to go do this because whatever. So they did things that took them away from being the best them, which meant they were not embracing their inner nerd. They closeted I like making up words. So just bear with me on that. They closeted (laughs) their inner nerds. They enjoyed it on their own, but you know, they didn't embrace it. They didn't, they didn't do it. They didn't follow that, that, that nerddom, that passion, that geekdom, that understanding of who they really are. They never had an opportunity to unleash their superhero because they didn't know what that was because everybody told them they needed to do this. And so did they make an impact on the world around them. Oh, cool. Yeah, sure. Everybody makes an impact somehow. But maybe they never made the greatest impact they could make. So, I say all that to share a, a little bit of an understanding of why I started the show and why it's so important to me and why I have such a passion for doing the shows. Because I've learned in my life that I have to be the best of me. I have to, in order for me one to be happy, two, very important for Sarah to be happy, but not just happy. I want Sarah to be secure in our relationship and in our marriage, knowing that I'm being the best me because that helps her be the best her, helps her in her confidence, her security in life, happiness, joy, you name it. And when I'm not the best me, she can't be. And so for me to be the best me is not just about me. Sure, it makes me happy and it gives me peace, but it does impact those around me. And as I've realized that I must be the best me and I can't follow other people's advice just because they think it's best for me or that that's what they know, I have to be the best me so that others around me are going to become the best them. One of my missions really is to impact others so that those others can have a major impact on the world around them as well. Think about this. Why do people tell you what to do? Why do people tell you things they think you should do because they think they know better? There could be a variety of reasons, but I think I've chalked it up to a couple. One is people are prideful and people think they they know better than you, or they think they're smarter than you or whatever, or they think they have to tell you what to do, or they think they're trying to protect you, and that's a good motive, just not necessarily a good result, or it's their life experience, and whether their life experience was good in the sense of saying, oh, this, this is the right thing to do because it's so good. Well, it was good for them, but it may not be good for you, right? Or it's their life experience, and they just don't know any better. So therefore, well, this is the way it must be or this is what you must do because I don't know any di- I don't know any different. Or there's the other side. Well, this is all I've ever seen, observed, and experienced, so therefore, this is all there is. So don't get your hopes up. Get your head out of the clouds and just push through life, grind on, live the dream. I think most of those intentions are good. Obviously, the prideful, arrogant one isn't, but usually the intentions for people telling you what to do or what they think you should do are, are good, but a lot of times people don't know any better. And you know what? I'm just as guilty. I used to tell people what to do all the time because I thought I knew better or it's all I experienced. And so I said, well, this is all I know. So this is what you got to do too. Well, that was stupid. That's short-sighted, right? And one of the things, again, having gone through this myself, one of the things that I've now started to do is say, you know what? How can I encourage you? How can I inspire you to not just unleash your superhero, but to even unlock it, to understand it? To embrace that inner nerd, to understand the little things you nerd and geek out about. How can I inspire and encourage you to do that so that you can truly unleash your superhero? I don't know what's best for you. I'm not going to tell you what's best for you, but I'd love to be the person and I'd love for this to be the show that helps you to uncover it yourself and unleash it. You know what's best, right? Well, maybe not always, (laughs) but you know yourself better than anyone else. Most of the time surrounding yourself with a quote, wise counsel of people. It's a good idea because sometimes you can't see things beyond your own complications and things. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need people to kind of help you, but a you know wise counsel keyword wise is usually a very small group of people that can again help to bring it out of you help to help you to unleash your superhero unlock it and unleash it. They're not trying to tell you what to do. They're trying to help you the people that start telling you what to do. That's where you got to step back and say, Hmm, well, I'm going to listen to what you have to say, but I, I, may or may, I may or may not take the advice. So I bring that up because gosh darn it, I've been through a lot in my life and uh, I, I have felt the pain of people trying to tell me who I was. I've actually had people try to define me with lies and stupidity because of their own hate in their life and their own hurt and everything else they were going through. And you know, you hear it enough, you start to believe it even though it's not true. And thankfully, I've had a close group of people who have helped me to realize those were lies. Those are not true things, and that's not who you are. And you know, thankfully, I've been able to come back and understand who I am. But you know, we get it. How many times have you been called names? How many times have people verbally abused you in whatever way? How many times has this happened? I mean, I know it doesn't happen to everybody, but it's happened. I know I'm not alone on this one. And you hear it enough, you start to believe it. And then you start to kind of lose confidence and then you start to lose yourself. And this is not a counseling session here. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Try- I am actually fascinated with the human psyche and why people do what they do and that kind of thing. It's kind of a little thing I nerd out about as well, but I wanted you really to truly understand why I have such a passion for this show, why this show has started, why I'm doing this. And again, superhero Friday episodes are not going to be quite this deep and this, you know, melancholy or anything like that. It's going to be a lot more energetic and stuff, but I'm just trying to under, I'm trying to help you understand that I have such a passion for this because I truly believe that we can embrace our inner nerds and unleash our superheroes essentially becoming the best us and really having an impact on the world around us. And if I can do that with this show to inspire you and encourage you so that you truly embrace your inner nerd, unleash your superhero and that you get out there And impact the world around you, then I've done my job and it'll be awesome. I want to help filter out some of the noise too, people that are telling you dumb things. I mean, that's the thing. You're going to have stories of people on this show that are going to be sharing things about, you know, here's how I unleashed my superhero, but here are the, here's what the naysayers used to tell me. And I had to get this stuff out of here and I had to not listen to this and I had to push this stuff away and so on and so forth. You're going to hear that and I hope it helps. So there you go. That is the passion. That's a little bit about my story. I mean, there's so much more to the story. Like I said, some of it will unfold as we go on, but that's the overall idea of the story of why I'm doing what I'm doing and and where I'm at today. Uh, I'm going to say this. No person's left behind on The Real Brian Show, okay? I'm not here to judge. We've all made mistakes. I don't care what it is. We've all made mistakes. We've all, you know, had our different interests that have been made fun of or some have been accepted and some haven't. Everybody gets respected on this show regardless of whether we believe in each other's, you know, philosophies or faiths or opinions or whatever. And we've got the presidential election coming up and nobody agrees on it. And you know what? I'm not here to uh, agree or disagree with any of that stuff right now. That's not what this show's about. But the show is about respecting each other regardless. So you will have respect. And that's why I'm saying no person's left behind here on The Real Brian Show. You're respected. You're here. I got your back. Let's rock this. You go. All right. That's all I've got to share today. Thank you for joining me. Tuesday, Jason Bryant's going to be on, and uh, he had an opportunity to be the official wrestling announcer at the 2016 Olympics in Rio. And I am so excited to share his story because it's awesome and he's just a cool guy. So uh, join me Tuesday for that. And then, of course, Superhero Friday next week. Got a bunch of interviews coming up. I mean, my goodness gracious. I, the lineup is so exciting. I can't even tell you. I'd love for you to share. The Real Brian Show if you like it. I hope it resonates with you. I mean, I know, like I said, it may not, and that's cool. But if it does and you like it, share it with someone you love or hate. Get out there. Please. We got we got to spread this to the world. And don't forget, call in, email in with your Unleash the Superhero Moment. I want to hear from you. Have an amazing weekend. I am The Real Brian. Signing off. See ya. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.